0: Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Real Radiant Podcast. I'm your host Morgan Lesniewski and I'm so happy we're back here for another episode this week. I am joined by Blake Black and Beckler, she is a licensed therapist and and friendship educator. So her whole focus is really on helping people create meaningful real friendships and just really let go of some of maybe those bad habits that you have in terms of friendships and how you can improve the ones that you already have and make better friendships. So I loved having her on the podcast today and. Friendships is honestly something so hard to deal with. It's kind of a stressful topic, I think, especially for us women, because it is so hard to make friends. I think when you look at men, you can see them make friends so easily. Like my boyfriend can make friends so easily. But for me, I really, really struggle with it. And I know that there are so many women out there who feel the exact same way. And so in today's conversation, we talked all about making friends in your 20s, handling maybe some toxic friendships friendships that aren't the best for you and how you can gracefully exit those relationships and then also how to handle friendship breakups which is something I think so many of us go through we eventually will always get to a point where we grow out of a friendship or you guys just grow distant or something happens and the friendship ends and so she kind of gives us some peace and comfort when it comes to ha- how to handle those And we also talked a little bit about like the mean girl phenomenon and how we as women can just be a little bit less judgmental and just create friendships that aren't built on competitiveness or jealousy. So this was such a great conversation. I know that you guys will get so much value from it. I loved speaking with Blake and I know that you guys will really love her. But before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you all to please rate and review the podcast. I love getting feedback from you guys. So please let me know what you'd like. Don't like anything like that. And then also follow the Instagram at real radiant with two T's where I'm posting daily about the podcast and then also yoga lifestyle wellness tips. So definitely some good stuff to check out over there. And there's also video versions of the podcast posted on YouTube. So be sure to check that out if you like a video format. Yeah, I hope you all are doing amazing. And without further ado, here's Blake. Hi, Blake. Thank you so much for coming on Real Radiant Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today.
1: Hi, Morgan. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for
0: having me. So the big quote of the podcast that I ask everybody right off the bat is what is one quote that has resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that?
1: Yeah, this this quote really shifted how I look at things and also just the importance of showing up. And it's by this woman named Barbara Kingsolver. And she says, the friend who holds your hand and says the wrong thing is made of dearer stuff than the one who stays away.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Yeah. What does it, what does it
0: kind of mean for you? Like, how has that impacted your friendships personally?
1: I think there's, you know, When I think about friendships, it's not like if we're going to say the wrong thing, but when we say the wrong thing. And Mm. so I think about even in my own life, so much of the hurt has come when people haven't come forward or Mm. people haven't really showed up or they've stayed silent. There's sometimes this like, sense that when people go through really hard things, it's like, oh, I just want to stay away. I want to get privacy. It's like, no, I really want my friends to come forward. And I'd rather navigate the mess of them saying the not perfect thing, but have the courage to show up mm-hmm. than to stay away altogether and be like, she'll reach out, do you need anything? Or, you know, it's just yeah. that that sense of like, we can, um, yeah, our friendships are not gonna be perfect and they can be messy. And I'd rather, I just think there's something, so I love what she said, like dearer stuff, like just have some courage um, to risk saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to really care for the people in your life
0: yeah I like that always communicate your needs because I think so often we put that expectation on our friendships or other relationships and we think like oh I don't want to step on this person's toes I don't want to come off in the wrong way but if they're truly meant to be in your life and they're a really good friend it doesn't matter what yours what you say whether it's good or bad like they We'll take it, accept it. And then what they do with that in response is what they do. You can't control that. So, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, if, if it is the wrong thing, can we have friendships that we can circle back and be like, thank you so much for showing up. And Mm -hmm. it's not helpful when you say this, I don't think you were intending to, but just know in the future, not helpful to say this Mm -hmm. thing. Um, We get to have those conversations. Like they're so good.
0: Yeah. I like that. So tell us a little bit about you, what you do, who you are for those who don't know
1: yeah, uh, my name is Blake Blankenbeckler um It's a long last name, um, <laughs> but I like it. Um, I am a licensed therapist and a friendship educator. I have a private practice uh down in Charleston, South Carolina, so it's this like beautiful, quaint picturesque um, but also like has a very storied background um. And so I have a private practice, it's called Fig holistic psychotherapy. And I get to work with men and women around issues of like eating disorders and trauma and codependency and kind of out of this, especially cause I work with a lot of folks who are, you know, 20s, even through forties, um, this theme of female friendships comes up. And even it comes up with the men that I work with, like men need just as much care around their friendships too. Um, yeah, a theme just kept showing up of like we put so much emphasis and effort on these the relationships we have with our family and the relationships we have if we're in a partnership or what have you, but not a lot of uh, emphasis on our friendships, which is ironic to me, considering a lot of us are having boundaries with our families for the first time and really shifting how we view family And so our friends are becoming more of our chosen family. And so that means that we need to kind of adapt and shift how we engage in our friendships that they need maintenance, they need care, they need support. It's not just kind of, I'm gonna set it on the, my friends on the back burner and, you know, go on. Like we need to care
0: for our friends too. Um, So yeah, that's a little, that's a wide range. So like throughout your, your time, like throughout your childhood and like your young adult life was friendship, something that you like the topic of friendship, something that you always gravitated towards, or did it kind of just come up as throughout your time being a licensed therapist and everything, like working with clients and you saw a trend there. And then that's why you shifted your focus towards it. Or did you always have kind of have that interest?
1: I wouldn't say it's like I had, I set out to be like, I want to explore friendships, but Mm -hmm. looking back, it is not ironic to me in any way, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm doing this and that my focus, um, especially yeah, that my focus has been on friendships. Like I am already, I'm a therapist. That's my full-time job. So I meet with, you know, um, meet with people every day, and do this really great, intense, beautiful work. Um, but I often think about therapists, like no one comes to the work of, or no one comes to the profession of therapy on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, obviously so much of our own stories, I know that I've been impacted personally by therapy and so wanting to do that. And so I think friendships looking back, like they're, they weren't something that were always, that was always like very easy for me. Like I really struggled with friends and with knowing my place and with questions of like, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? Like, mm-hmm. kind of, it's like a perpetual, like I, when I think of the cringiest time in life, it's like middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about like the lunch table at middle school, I'm like, Oh, like so <laughs> awkward. Um, but it's a lot of the works just like going back to those places and caring for, doing a lot of inner child work. Um, but yeah, caring for those, those places.
0: Mm -hmm. Can you kind of go into more detail about your friendship history? Like the friendships that you've had friendships that maybe have fizzled out and you've grown distant with like, kind of like what's your experience with my story, my friendship story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, it's really interesting looking back. Like, I think part of this too, is within my 20s i moved all over the country so mm-hmm. i like i think like six or seven times and not just like gentle moves like i grew up a few hours from where i am today but they were like complete different states complete opposite sides of the country um, lived in la for a few years so it's like i've been and then everywhere in between um, so part of my story is like, I have had these friends, but then I move away and mm-hmm. it's like starting over. And so I think that's part of it is I just have a Tinder spot for myself and for other people. Cause they, we are millennials and, um, Gen Xers and Zers or what have you are mm-hmm. a lot more transient and flu and fluid. So that means that we're starting over with our friendships too, in some places, but we're also like my best friends are long distance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so having to navigate like time changes, like one of my best friends lives on the West coast, that's a three hour time change. Mm -hmm. Um, and how to schedule that, how to stay connected, it can just get overwhelming with the, you know, with the implications of, of life. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's moving a lot has definitely impacted my friendships and I find even envy of people who have say like, after they graduated college, they stayed in one place and they're there for, you know, they've been there Mm -hmm. forever. So I think there's beauty about that. But I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day who also moved a lot. And she said, you know, I think that people who just kind of like stay in one place, they sometimes take friendships for granted. And I think that's true and you know I also think people really cherish their friendships but she says I think for us for having moved so much like we have to be really intentional with our friendships Um, we have to like it's just kind of a natural thing like you have to shift things around you have to make time for friends all Mm -hmm. over the country and all over the world like we're used to that so I'm at least used to putting effort into my friendships because they are really important to me Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's like a growing edge for some people to be like, oh yeah, I actually do need to like think about friendships cause they're not just gonna happen. I think the older we get, the busier we are and they're not gonna happen on accident.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause like when we grow up and we're in school, we typically just make friends with the people that we're in school with, you know, eight to three or however long and you're around them all the time. So it's easy to get to know them. It's easy to build that friendship. But then as soon as we get more into our twenties and we have our own lives and we're getting busier because we have family relationships, like significant others work, a whole bunch of stuff on our plate to manage, we have to put in, even more effort than before to keep and maintain those friendships.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So friendships are always going to be shifting.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like throughout your experience and like working with people, have there been any instances of like common trends as far as people not being able to make friends, especially in like the post COVID era that we are in right now? Wow. I mean, I think
1: COVID definitely shifted things a thousand mm. percent. I think a lot of people are dealing with like social anxiety. I got comfortable staying mm. inside. Um, but also I think there are some good things like people also got more comfortable with long distance friendships. with so talking on the phone with FaceTiming mm. with Marco Polo, uh, voice memoing. So I think there were different. So it's like, There are good parts and there are bad parts. Like we were alone, Mm -hmm. we needed connection so that we found it more through the digital space. And I think as people are coming back out, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't like a common theme I hear so much is like, I have no idea how to make new friends. Mm -hmm. Where do I even start? Um, And then, kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, is a lot of people, especially in their 20s and 30s, are going to therapy. They're changing, they're unlearning a lot of habits. Maybe uh, someone who struggled a lot with codependency and people pleasing is realizing like, oh, I'm in this friendship that I am only ever giving. And I'm only ever kind of like abdicating to what this friend wants. Like this actually doesn't feel that good. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of beginning the work of like, is it okay to maybe take a step back to start having boundaries with this friends to, uh, and certainly there's some friendships where it's like, I think I I'm better not being friends with them like Mm -hmm. and and I want to make it very clear these decisions are not made lightly. at least in the work that I'm doing and the things I'm seeing is like our friends are thinking so much about our other friends and how we're showing up and how they're going to be perceived and so if anything it's really beautiful that there's so much care around Mm -hmm. our friendships and concern and like I want to navigate this well but I don't know how to Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's part of why I love talking about friendships is just to create some more language and categories for us.
0: Yeah. So like with most of the people that listen to this podcast, they're like women who are just getting out of college or they're in their early Uh, to mid twenties. And that's such a hard time in our lives in general. And then making friends and like maintaining friendships added to the mix makes it even more stressful. So how would you, recommend people deal with the idea of like not feeling worthy of having Mm -hmm. friends and like feeling like other people don't want to be around them because I know I felt like that definitely like throughout my experience because I didn't have a lot of friends in high in college in high school and then like now that I'm out of college and I'm not around anyone anymore besides like people that I work with it can be hard to even approach the conversation of friendship because I'm like, oh, those people don't want to hang out with me because they have their friend group. You know, they don't want another person added to the mix.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, thanks for naming that. I think so many people are going to really appreciate you even saying that of like, and, and I would agree to, I didn't have like the 10 person friend group in high school, like that was not my experience. And I would just Mm. even say like, first and foremost, like, if that's not your story, you are not cursed for the rest of your life in the friendship Mm. department. Like, uh, I love, I think it's like a riff on a really popular quote, but essentially like you haven't yet met all the people who love you and Mm. who you will love. And that's so true with our friends. Um, and what I've noticed, especially like I did not know who I was when I was when I left college. Like I was still very much in the self-discovery process and like, you know, having to deal with some like really old traumas. Like it's just uh I laugh sometimes when I call like those first few years out of um out of college, like the second middle school, (laughs) because it's just so awkward. Like it's the first time we don't have this trajectory in front of us. And it's like, here you are like, welcome, welcome to being an adult, like go forth. And I don't think we're always set up super well for that transition. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so much hype around college. And then after college, it's like, welcome to the real world. It sucks. Like you work and then you die. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, like let's have again, some different, um, narratives around that. Um, but as far as, as feeling like not even worthy of having friends is, that's a great place to start is like, where did, where did that wound even happen? Like, where did that storyline get created? Mm. Um, What happened? Who was there? Like, whose voice do you hear saying, you don't get to have good friends. You're not a good friend. Like no one cares about you. Um, Often I know in my own story, if I trace it back, like so much of this stuff that I have to deal with today, like happened on the elementary school playgrounds. Mm -hmm. That place is traumatic sometimes, you know? yeah. Um, And so that's why I'm a big fan of even going to therapy. It's such a great resource um, to begin talking and unpacking like and healing from those wounds of like, oh, actually, like there are good things about me And and a beautiful part. It doesn't have to be therapy. It can be reading a lot of books. It can be having mentors or joining groups or what have you. I'm such a big advocate for really discovering who you are and who you're, I know that's like a trendy, annoying thing to say, like, who's your authentic self? Mm-hmm. Um, but really coming into yourself and owning your weirdness and your quirks and that you like certain things. Um, whereas like growing up, we've really had to push those things down. And it's like, it's so important to fit in. I mm-hmm. would say the beautiful thing of growing up is that slowly but surely you can get more confident being yourself, having your interests, um, being more confident about them. And that's going to attract people who are like you, who Mm -hmm. like those same things. Like, for example, I'm, um, so many of my great friends are therapists and we're like weird and nerdy. And we talk about our nervous, like together, we're like, oh, my nervous system feels so regulated when I'm with you. And I'm like, if anyone heard what we were saying, they'd be like these dorks, but I love it. It's so fun. And it's kind of like, so I, I would just recommend like, learn who you are, learn what you love, embrace those things, show up to those things. And you will also find other people, um, who love those parts. And the beautiful thing is like, if you already start off showing up as yourself, it makes it so much easier to create a friendship rather than like, I'm trying to get the popular kids to like me, or I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get the cool kids or what have you. It's like, what if we don't have to play that game anymore? Cause it doesn't actually feel good. Mm Um, but more so like accepting who you are, accepting what you like, what you don't like. And yeah, being bold about those really helps find people that will love those things in you back.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like the saying, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like just as long as you're just being yourself and doing the things that you want to do, it'll eventually attract similar people with similar values and interests. And then that's like kind of where friendship blossoms right yes yes so beautiful so do you think like with that and especially in your 20s how can we get to a point where we can actually put ourselves out there to form those friendships and like water the seed a little bit and have it grow into an actual friendship because especially for someone who's introverted like me It's so hard to just make a conversation with somebody that you just met. So, like, what are some tips that you have for people who maybe aren't (laughs) as talkative or outgoing and they're like really struggling with that?
1: I mean, this is something I had to learn. Like, again, I was so, I cannot emphasize enough, I was so anxious. Like, I just had such bad anxiety. So, it made like just even making friends so challenging. So, it's something Mm -hmm. I've really had to grow and work on. And I think that's like, a kind of hidden blessing of moving a lot is that I've just had to put myself out there. So, for mm-hmm. folks who are in in their twenties and not that far ahead, but just even like starting, I think group activities are incredible. Like I have a lot of people that like join um, like volleyball leagues, mm-hmm. or pottery classes, or like soccer teams, like anything that gets your body moving or there's a task. There's something like genius to that for a few Mm -hmm. reasons one it's consistent so you're showing up at the same time every week for multiple weeks like sometimes if it's a volleyball thing it's like a season so you're seeing the same people over and over and that's huge I mean think about just like going to school and going to college like you're with the same people all the time and that's Mm -hmm. where you make your friends so know if you're with a lot of people consistently you'll kind of see like who you vibe with and who you don't and then I also love especially for introverts um, and, or even people who have depression or anxiety, like there's a common thing to think through and there's a common thing to look at. So sometimes it's much easier to like play the game and then have kind of sidebar conversations than just sit down at a coffee shop and like stare each other in the eye and be like, hi. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell tell me about you. Like tell me some like that can sometimes be really intimidating. And so just Mm -hmm. having an activity or like a focus to joke on of like oh my gosh I'm so bad at pottery. Like look at this thing or like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I learned how to do this. Da da da. That can create a lot. It can just make it a lot easier to have flow and conversation. So yeah. So getting involved in your community, going to things that are that happen frequently. And, and the last part of that, why I really love group activities is especially for people who do have say depression or, um, anxiety or just like, you know, we just sometimes have really bad mental health days. Mm -hmm. Um, canceling it like, or not being able to show up doesn't mean like the, like everybody else can't meet, like it can still continue. And so I think that takes a lot of the pressure off of us sometimes too, is like, Mm -hmm. it's too much. It's all relying on me um so just even having having that space of like okay I don't like I don't have to be perfect here the like class will go on or the game will go on without me it's okay um yeah it can just be really really helpful and just having somewhere to go after work and people who care about you it's Mm -hmm. a great place to start with making friends
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a true point. Like having somewhere to go after work or just something to do that's socialization yeah. outside of a work setting. Cause I think it's so easy to just fall into your routine and like, yeah, you go to work, you do the same things every day. And then you're never put in situations where you can actually make friendships. Cause you're not putting the effort into actually go out and do extra stuff. So it's like a good reminder that you have to make the time and the commitment to actually put yourself in situations where you can make friends. Yes.
1: Like you have to get out into the community and even this can happen. Like one of the greatest things uh, I remember I, ju- I had just started doing therapy and therapy's very, I mean, it's obviously private. Like I don't talk mm-hmm. about my clients or what's happening for good reasons. I cannot be friends with them. They're incredible. I would love to be friends, mm-hmm. but you can't do that. So I remember I started an Instagram account because I needed like a creative outlet to talk about the things that I was learning and experiencing. And I've made great friends that way. And I remember at the time it was like a really big risk and I had so much imposter syndrome, like who the heck am I? I'm a brand new therapist to be talking about mental health and trauma and anxiety and my own experience, but I did it. And I met some incredible friends So I think just taking risks is part of making new friends. Like we have to put ourselves out there. It's a little like dating. Yeah. Um, But the good thing is it's kind of like exposure therapy. The more you do it, the easier it gets.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I like the fact that you said that it's kind of like dating because with dating relationships, we'll we kind of become, we can get to a point where we're desperate and we're like, okay, I'll do anything to meet someone. I'll do anything to like go on a date if you're single and stuff. But then with friendships, I feel like you kind of have to have that same mentality of like not being desperate, but being in like, I'll just do anything to make a friend. And I'll put that as my priority. Cause we put so much emphasis on our romantic relationships that we have to think of our friendships in the same exact way.
1: Yeah. And it's like crazy to me or it's wild to me that we don't care more for our friendships because it's like our Mm -hmm. friends are the ones who are holding us when say, we do go through a breakup or Mm -hmm. our parents, like one of our parents gets sick sick or dies or our parents get divorced. Like we go to our friends for that support. And so to Mm -hmm. think that we don't need to also like care for our friends too and have those like check-ins, like, are we okay? Is there anything you need to say to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything we need to do to clear the air? Like, can I support you in different ways? Like those are such important things to do, but that we often like forget or look over. Cause it's like, that's not a dating relationship or that's not a romantic relationship. And we only do those things and the, these kinds of relationships. And it's like, no, our friends, our friendships will benefit from this as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you think like, so with any relationship there's obviously times where it can get rocky it can get bad there may be some like toxic traits in it. so like what are some signs that maybe the friendship that you're currently in is not the healthiest or maybe it's time that you've outgrown that friendship like what are some signs that that's happening and then also some tips on how you can exit that friendship without burning a bridge
1: you might burn a bridge but that has to be okay (laughs) yeah um But we'll back up. I think some signs to look at, and again, this is so unique, uh, but some general things is I do, I think it's so important to pay attention to our bodies. Mm -hmm. So like pay attention to what your body feels like before you go hang out with this friend during hanging out with this friend and after hanging out with this friend, my best friends after I talk to them more often than not, sometimes not every time, because sometimes we're in bad moods and like we get in tits or what have Mm -hmm. you, but like nine times out of 10, I I walk away being like, Oh, that was so great. That was amazing. And the friendships that I've had to kind of take a back or to kind of become not as close with, or kind of let fade away. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't feel very care. It's kind of like, do you feel really cared for when they're there? Do you feel like your friends are really curious about you? Are they just talking about them? Are they really making generous space for you? Um, Are they just kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, do you feel kind of like not important um or do you feel actually like when you leave do you feel bad like oh that didn't feel good i didn't feel like she actually cares about me anymore um i think that those are some definite warning signs and then thinking too of like if ever you it takes so much courage sometimes to tell our friends like hey I need something different. Like, I can't always listen to this about your family. Like, I think it might like a huge conversation I have with a lot of people is like, how to, how to tell their friends that like, I think that a therapist might be really great for you. Like, I don't, I'm not a professional here. I want to be your friend, but I can't be the only one to carry this with you. Mm -hmm. Um, such a hard conversation, but such a good conversation. And so I think, even just as a caveat to remember that when our friends set boundaries with us, it's because they want to keep the relationship. It's not because they want to end it. They want to make, like we set boundaries to make relationships sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and when those aren't respected, like when our friend doesn't change or when the action doesn't shift, like those are, those are signs. Um, or if, if it's like, I think just like, you're probably going to change in your twenties who you Mm -hmm. were when you were in college to even when you're 25 to when you're 30, is going to be different. And there's some friends that really love you changing and becoming more yourself. And there are other friends that are not so jazzed about that. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of can be critical of like, Oh, I guess. So for example, like, Oh, I guess you don't drink anymore. Like, okay, I guess you're, you're, do you feel like you're better than everyone? Or just kind of those like digs that are like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that doesn't like That doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, those are signs to kind of reassess. And I definitely don't want to be anyone that like advocates for just like cut them out. Um, I don't actually think that that what is what happens often. I think a lot of forethought goes into it. Um, but in terms of if we do need to become less close or shift our expectations for what this friend is, like, for example, a lot of my friends are having babies and Mm -hmm. um. So their availability is different. And so I've had to shift my expectations of like, they're not going to be that available um, sometimes. And, and that, yeah. So it's like, okay, I need to start shifting to go to another person. I don't want to be mad or resent them, but just to be even really clear with it, um, with them. And I will say, I heard my friends, this is a caveat, but my friend was sharing about just kind of the normalcy of grief that goes Mm -hmm. when our friendships are when our friends get married or have babies. She's like, I remember I had this one friend. She was like, my ride or die. She's so great. We would like hop on a plane like the day of and go to these fun places. She says, I remember when she got engaged, um, we were so excited, but she sat me down like before she got married and said like, we gotta talk about our friendship. It's gonna change. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's going to stay exactly the same. And her friend was like, no, it's going to be different. Like my, love's, my love for you is going to be exactly the same, but things are going to shift. Like I'm moving. I don't know what it was. Like I'm moving. I now have a partner. Like a lot more of my attention is going to go to him. And I think that was so thoughtful and kind and generous and brave to do. Um, because when we actually create space to talk about how it's not the same, that makes it such a safer friendship than if it's, than if we both kind of tell each other, I think out of, well, like out of good intentions, like, you know, say you're moving away or you just graduated college and y'all are moving to two separate cities that are more a plane flight away to say, nothing's going to change. That's not the truth. Mm -hmm. Your friendship will change. Um, It doesn't mean your love for each other will, but there will be shifts. You can't just walk into each other's room at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night and watch The Bachelor together um, or whatever you watch. Um, And you can't just, like, hop in the car and go hang out at the beach anymore. Like, you have to be a lot more intentional with your friendships. Um, So, yeah, there's so many caveats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just knowing that change and, like, evolution in a friendship is going to happen no matter what, as we get older. So just coming to peace with that, because it can be so hard, especially when you're dealing with like a childhood friend that you grew up with and you spent so much time with together and you guys had like kind of rituals that you would always do together and yes. just kind of, like you said, grieving that and getting to a place where you can let it go. But also know that there's new opportunities with this friendship. Like it's going to, it's not yeah. going anywhere. If it's a strong friendship, it's just shifting. So
1: yeah, it's going to shift. You're going to have to stretch. Um, but I think the, there's this great book that I'd recommend uh, if this is like a good, or if you're resonating a lot with this, it's called Big Friendship by Amina So and Ann Friedman. And they talk about, it's like two people that are talking about their own friendship. And they created this really great language around friendship stretching and friendship straining. And stretching is something that if we're in a friendship long enough, we're all going to have to do. Right. It's that Mm -hmm. sense. It's like stretching was um, my friend's friend having that conversation with her and saying, like, things are going to change. Like, we're going to have to stretch in different ways. Like, we're now going to have to think about, like, when we talk to each other, when we hang out, we're going to have to be more intentional and it's going to be different versus straining is the sense when only one person is doing it so maybe you're the only friend that's like reaching out and trying to schedule things and you don't hear back from your friend or they're like yeah 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 but they blow you off or they forget like that's gonna strain like think of like straining a muscle from overuse like Mm -hmm. that's gonna strain it and there's gonna be an injury there and if things don't change, then the injury doesn't heal. And that's when we see a lot of friendships ending or changing and a lot of hurt happening is because it's like, wait, we were these great friends and you left or you didn't make as much of an effort, um, that there is strain there and we can repair it. And some friendships, people on either side choose not to repair it and just kind of like go about their way, which is sad Mm -hmm. and hard.
0: Yeah, so how would you deal then with like friendship breakups because there's so much information out there on breakups with like your significant other. Yeah. But then not with friendships. And those sometimes I think most of the time can even be more hurtful or like yes. get you and your soul than real than yeah. the other breakups. So how do you recommend people kind of deal with that?
1: Well, I think just even starting with like your pain is so valid when you break up with a friend. And it's actually much more confusing and complicated because mm-hmm. you can't like, you're probably part of a friend group. So it's not like you can go sit down with your friends. Like you would, when you break up with somebody and say like, Oh my gosh, we broke up. This is what happened da da, da and get their support mm-hmm. a lot more than not. You're also having to navigate the other social dynamics. If you're in a friend group, like me and this person aren't, this cl- aren't close anymore, but they're still friends with this person. And I'm still friends with this person. Like it just gets messy. So First off, like, no, it's going to take time. So, just even grieving and letting yourself be sad, like, this probably was a very meaningful, deep, important friendship. Um, and I think that just when we grieve, it's really important too to not make ourselves all bad or mm. them all bad. Um, but even taking some time to like reflect, like, what would I do differently knowing what I know now? What would I do differently? Um, how can I, and just being so gentle with yourself, like, how can you care for yourself? How can you care for your own sense of self-worth? Like you even named earlier, and I'm sure so many other women feel this way of like, oh my gosh, am I worthy? Like, am I all bad? Like, Mm -hmm. and just feeling so much shame, like, what did I do wrong? It's very confusing. So I think just being gentle with yourself, because it's a slow process to kind of work through all of this. And, a, and an important piece too is like being really mindful about who you talk to it about, who you talk mm-hmm. to the, this friend, about the friend breakup with about, just for those reasons that I mentioned earlier, like you are hurt. And I think sometimes it's easy in our hurt to act out and say things we don't want to. Um, mm-hmm. But I think can we be friends, even in the breakup, who have integrity both for ourselves and for our friends um, to not go around and trash them um but to like and not to say they didn't hurt you like I want I think it's so important to talk about um how they did hurt you but just being mindful about who you're talking about it with um Mm -hmm. and maybe picking like sometimes I like to pick like two or three friends that it's like I'm gonna go to you with this stuff but everybody else like it's not helpful for me to talk about it with everybody because then I end up reliving it Um, And you can end up reliving it if you just go over it again and again and again. Um, But yeah, just as a way to like care and not put out like just bad energy. We don't want to like, we don't want to gossip about our friends. We don't, or even if they're ending, we want to have integrity in how we talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because definitely like in times where we get hurt and we're grieving something or somebody made us angry and there's a lot of resentment and Bad feelings towards each yeah. other. It can be so easy to just go to someone else and badmouth the person and say all these mean, negative things and then have it come around you and like bite you in the ass later and end yes. up could end up hurting even more people because more people get involved in like the drama and everything. So I think definitely what you said, just <sighs> handling it with grace and being mindful of who you talk about it with and just yeah. going with it.
1: And you're not going to do it perfectly. Like you are probably going to have moments where you go off Mm -hmm. and like, we're human. It happens. And Mm -hmm. being cognizant that that's more like rare than the norm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you handle kind of like the mean girl stereotype? Because like, I, I didn't really experience this in college, but I went to an all girls Catholic high school. And that was kind of like Definitely, definitely similar got the spectrum yeah it was definitely like the mean girls types like there were definitely girls that fit the stereotype perfectly and I guess as you get older it kind of gets more of like a subliminal mean girl where it's girls talking about you behind your back or they're you walk into a room and they're like constantly assessing whether you're like a competition or a thread and there's like a lot of jealousy so how do you think we can kind of handle that and then within ourselves to not have so much judgment towards other women, because it's so easy to judge.
1: Yeah. I was like, I was, uh, where was I the other day? I don't know, but I was, it, there was like a book cover that I saw and it was mm-hmm. like talking about like female friendship, like, and, like, and, and it basically purported, like there's always so much drama and like everything gets greater as you get older, especially the revenge. Mm-hmm. And I, hate the storyline that women hate other women and need to be competitive and that there's a sense of scarcity. I think it comes a lot from the patriarchy and -hmm. wanting to keep women small and that with the places we do have power, we can be catty with other women because we can't do it with men. Like so I think that there are much grander systems at play, which is why I love this question. And I love really being mindful like I'm not going to be in competition with other women. Like mm-hmm. there is enough room. And if I do feel like those uh, points of like com- competition or jealousy show up, I use that as a mirror. Like how am I not believing that I can have those things for myself or how am I downplaying like if And, and more often than not, the women that I'm jealous of are the women that are super bold. Mm-hmm. And that are just like very clear and want what they want and are like, this is my life. And they don't make apologies for it. Because I think I come from much more of a like people pleasing, like I'm going to make everybody else comfortable. And that I see these women and I get jealous of them. I'm like, oh, they're doing what I want, but I, and but I haven't yet let myself kind of show up fully in. Um, so yeah, I just think shifting and knowing like we don't have to operate from a like scarcity mindset with friends like there's space for everyone um and i think the beautiful thing of getting older at least that i've experienced is like more and more permission like i don't want to if there are there's going to continue to be mean girls and it's like i just don't i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna i think i probably would have or i know that i like it was kind of fun earlier to get like pulled into the drama and like hear Mm -hmm. all the things and hear all the tea. And I'm like, I like to leave that for Bravo when I Mm -hmm. watch it on The Real Housewives. Like that's where my trauma comes from. But in my real life, I don't want to surround myself with that because it doesn't feel good. And I want to be around women and friends that feel good, that build me up, that I get to build up, that it's like, this magic friendship medicine. Like, I don't know if you have friends like this, but after you spend time with them, it's like, oh my gosh, we could do so much. And like, you just think of all the things and it's so fun and dynamic and energetic. It's like, those are the people I'm going to put my precious time and energy into. Like mm-hmm. statistics are showing we're spending the least amount of time with their friends than ever before um, for a lot of reasons. And so I'm already thinking like, I have a limited amount of friendship time. I am not going to give it to people who make me feel icky and small and want to play into those um, jealous, mean girl power over vibes. Like it's not, I feel like it's not cute anymore. Um, So really giving yourself permission to just not get involved in like you don't need to fight for a seat at a table that you're not actually welcomed at. I think that was Mm. a huge lesson in my twenties is like, why are you fighting to be a part of these groups that don't actually want you? Like Mm. go, go where people want you and celebrate you and that there's ease there. It's so much better. And it's so much more fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. And there was this, I think Michelle Obama said it, but she said, when they go low, you go high. And just kind of always keeping that in the back of your head that, like, when other people are, because I know it's so easy, especially with TikTok, you can see videos of people. I think there was a trend, it was a while ago, though, where people were talking about, like, be petty and, like, go (laughs) throw them under the bridge, like, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, no, don't do that. Just take the high road, always handle things with grace. And,
1: and apologize even though it, when you don't
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Always be open to apologize and like take ownership over what you've yeah. done and know that what other people do is their responsibility. And it's not a reflection of you. Amen and I know you you mentioned big friendship as a book you recommend yes. do you have any other books or podcasts or any other resources you'd recommend people check out on friendships or just anything else you yeah. enjoy
1: so I'm creating it's soon to be in the in the ethers um, a great resource that I think will be I'm just so excited for it um, because like you said we have so many resources for dating and for relationships and for kind of that romantic sphere. We don't have a lot of resources for friendship. So, um, Mm -hmm. I created, it's going to be out literally August 5th. It's called the friendship deck and it is 62 questions that you get to like gather your friends with and you get to ask questions to each other. And so there are three different levels. Um, of like descending vulnerability. Cause we don't want to go like straight to the deep, dark, mm-hmm. gnarly, gnarly stuff, but it's really beautiful. And it's going to talk about, like, you're going to kind of slowly guide in and, and talk through, like, so there's a question, like when you have a bad day, how do you like to be cared for? Mm-hmm. And it's such a great, question because sometimes we assume that we know how our friend wants to be cared for Mm -hmm. and as I've like as I've played this game with friends it's like so interesting hearing like oh that's not actually helpful like they don't want to be hugged right away they don't want this kind of like consoling they actually need more space and then in a few days it's more helpful if you touch base with them Um, And hearing that is so great. And it's like, we need to know these things, but we don't always know how to ask like, hey, when I did that thing, was that actually helpful or unhelpful? So this is a game to literally like guide you in some of those conversations and even asking like, in the third level, like the most vulnerable level, questions about the dynamics between you and your friendships. Like, are there times you ever feel left out or like you don't belong? Are there like, are there questions? Like, what are questions that you ache for your friends to ask you, um, Mm -hmm. just so that we can care better for our friendships, because it is a goal of mine for us to have better friendships, more sustainable friendships. And to do that, we have to know how to kind of navigate conflict and navigate, um, harder conversations. And so this is like a very gentle way to do that.
0: No, that sounds awesome. I think that would be so fun, especially like, Having a girls' night where you have people over and it's just super chill and relaxing, and you just do that. That sounds so nice.
1: Yes, literally why I create it, because those are my favorite kinds of nights. And I'm like, I want everyone to have these great nights with their friends and have and walk away with like, oh, such a great conversation. I love knowing mm-hmm. this about my friend. I would have never thought to ask, but I love knowing this.
0: Yeah. And so, just to like yeah. build, build that connection in a very relaxed environment where it's not like yeah. forced or there's pressure. It's like easy going and fun. And no. yeah, yeah. I like that. Yes.
1: So I would say that's a great, <laughs> I'll shamelessly self-promote and say that's a great resource. <laughs>
0: And where can people find you? Like your Instagram website? Yeah. Like so it's
1: just, it's just my name. And that's where the deck will be available too. It's my website, blakeblinkinbeckler.com. I'm sure you'll have it in the show mm-hmm. notes. And then my yeah. that's my Instagram and my TikTok.
0: Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all over on the the interweb. So come hang out. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love this conversation and talking about friendships it's fun to talk about and it's also a little stressful because at the same time I'm like oh my gosh I need to put more effort (laughs) into my friendships and stuff but thank you so much for coming on and I know that this will help a lot of people ah it was an honor
1: and yeah to anyone listening like it might be stressful but I I don't think that has to be all bad and just know like we start slow like you do not need to Mm -hmm. do like a friendship overhaul like Just little gentle steps of even like, can you call a friend today or make a sketch, make like call a friend to schedule a time to Mm -hmm. like, have a like much needed um, hangout time today. Like just little things to really care for our friendships.